Hey, honey, want to try something different this weekend? Ooh, what do you have in mind? Have you ever role-played before? Uh, you mean like whips and all that other scary stuff? Oh, no, I'm talking about rolling some dice and playing some Dungeons and Dragons. Or even trying something like a cool new board game or a collectible card game like Magic the Gathering. Oh, that sounds way better than the other thing. <laughs> NobleKnight.com is your one-stop shop for all things role-playing, board, wargaming, and collectible card games. Noble Knight Games is committed to providing you with the best possible selection of new and used products with a selection of over 100,000. Everything on the site is in stock and ready to ship to you worldwide. Discounts are available, and you can expect reasonable prices for rare items. You can even sell or trade your stuff to them. NobleKnight.com, where out of print is available again. So I can be the elf this time, right? Oh, honey. <laughs> Throughout the ages, there have been heroes and warriors who have embarked on quests to save faraway lands and free the people from would-be conquerors. With dice and not a lot of common sense in various role-playing games. Today, our legends come from the halls of This Week in Geek. An unlikely group of nerdy adventurers armed with some pretty stupid ideas and a horseshoe up their butts come together to save the day in These Warriors Are Terrible! Seriously, these are the guys we're going to go with? Welcome back to These Warriors Are Terrible. This is our debrief. That's right, guys. We're going to talk about what happened with our latest Star Wars adventure, my second game mastering uh, adventure here of These Warriors Are Terrible with Star Wars West End Games 2nd Edition, where I've taken some of the homemade rules I found on the internet to create some rather interesting adversaries for my players. So tonight, in our debrief, we are joined by our board op, Dun, 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 Justin Eacock. And of course, dun, 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 co-host dun, dun, of Twig. Dun, 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 Steve Snowball Sailor. And very special guest. Erica Sabo. And this asswipe. Julian Judas. <laughs> you <laughs> yes, you do. You asshole. So that's <laughs> we are sponsored by NobleKnight.com, where out of print is available again. And of course, our good friends over at OffWorldDesigns.com. Fantastic t-shirt site if you happen to have the geek nerd in your family. All right, guys. So let's go around the table. What did you think of Star Wars meets Aliens? Did it work? Uh, I definitely, yes, it, it, it works. I mean, I've heard sort of the kind of the fan fiction story idea of Star Wars mixed with aliens, uh, but I never actually read a full story of it. And I, I, I actually uh, liked it a lot because I didn't expect it to be aliens until uh, until we were face to face with them. Yeah, I dug it. I think mm-hmm. uh, it, it, it probably was the most suspense I've ever had in a in a pen and paper campaign and that like. There was always a general threat to our existence at every turn. Yeah. Um, and it, yeah, it did a good job. And I think something about that, the emptiness of space and the um, Aliens franchise and that fear blends well with this, vessel. with this imperial yeah. regimented group, right? I mean, these are these are a group of people, the Empire, that you know runs everything by clockwork. So when things don't go right, it becomes extra yeah, scary. Like, even when we got onto the ship and we immediately knew, okay, no one's here. They're not responding to hails. The lights aren't working right. They weren't shooting properly. Like, they weren't even shooting with precision. We're like, this is wrong. Yeah, I think it was... The Empire doesn't behave this way. And what could cause them to do this? It was so freaky. It was like that kind of fear of the unknown. You don't know what's coming, but you know something 
bad is going to happen. Yeah, and it's it, really and it, terrifying. And it makes sense within Star Wars because the it, like they're at war with the uh, with the Rebel Alliance. It's just like kind of like the Nazis. They'll in, they'll invest in in yeah. re, so much yeah. research. Well, they just lost the Death Star. Like yeah. this is taking place just months after the Death Star was blown up. If they're willing to go to that length, I mean, of course they'd be willing to go to creating a super soldier alien genetic monster that can that exists only to kill and spread and breed and mutate. And uh, galaxy long long time ago is that where they came from? Yeah. I'm okay with this. I mean, I, better we, than Prometheus, exactly. anyways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I much rather think that Darth Vader had a play in that. I mean, part of the idea is, yeah, I very much had that whole kind of Nazi idea in that. In fact, you've pushed the Imperials to the wall. Yeah. Now, I mean, if you read some of the ex- expanded universe stuff, Darth Vader bombs a planet in the subjugation with a planet uh, called the Fallen. If you guys have read Shadows of the Empire, mm-hmm. yeah. Prince Shizor came from that planet. Okay. So I got to thinking... Well, what if instead of using a weapon like a Star Destroyer to spread fear, what if you did a biological weapon where no one can escape? Yeah. And you get to watch the horrors unfold well, live. The way I kind of I always just sort of describe, like, at least the, Star, the Empire uh, Rebel War is basically once the first Death Star blew up, that was sort of like— The gloves are off? No, that was sort of like uh, our version of World War II's uh, D-Day. It was like that was the deciding factor. It's like, okay— <laughs> this is this is all going to be fucked up, and then the yeah, Germans that and the was Nazis. The turning point. It was the turning point. The Nazis were trying to are trying to think of anything to turn the tide back into their favor. Now, granted, I'm assuming that there would have been a lot more of experiments like this or similar to like anything, and then they were like, uh, in, meanwhile, trying to build a second Death Star. Yeah, I mean, Emperor Palpatine is known to be viciously anti-alien. Yeah. So that's why he was using alien. T- he's one of the toughest species from across the galaxy to crossbreed with the xenomorphs. I'm surprised he didn't have any like uh, any gungums as the, the sort of alien. I, 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 I didn't want to have it too goofy. But well, I and you clearly alien. And you made it clear to us ahead of time that you were really only basing it off of the original trilogy work. You weren't even getting too much into expanded universe. You weren't certainly going to get into any of the Old Republic or the prequels. This, yeah. was, this was 4, 5, and 6 that I you mean, were using. Janos in his backstory was a Republic commando during the Old Republic days. But well, during at, the Republic days, not yeah, the Old Republic. Yeah, as things went forward, I'm like, you know what? These guys don't need my Game Master character. So no. that's why he faded from view after like the second episode. Because you guys really didn't need them. And I wasn't trying to railroad you guys into anything. But say for every solution you had, like the hull problem, thinking, oh, man, fuck, I better figure this one out quick. Yeah. No, wait, I don't have to. Star Wars canon tells me those hulls are really fucking thick. Yeah. Oh, totally. And I actually, I kind of want to ask, like, because we have two new players with us. Um, so I want to ask uh, Erica, what did you think of this, the whole session in general? Oh, my God. Um, I... Totally caught me off guard at first. You know, I didn't really know what to expect, but I think that by the second episode, I just I kind of like fell into the story, and it just it just flew by. I swear, it was just so amazing, and it just really, just really caught me by surprise. So suspenseful. I mean, I'm just like cowering in my seat. <laughs> you know, when we were facing the aliens, it was terrifying. You know, and you just want to live. And when you do, oh man, you feel so good. Oh, totally. <laughs> you feel yeah. so good. Yeah. So it was awesome. It was really and, cool. I mean, and just before Julian said, I mean, this was only my second time here with with this group and and, and doing twat, and it's so 
different when you are regimenting things to like a one hour thing and you're gonna and, and you're not taking breaks and you're not doing table talk. It's sort of like this is how I kinda wanna play now when I do like when I'm not <laughs> taping a role playing game. Because yeah. it's kinda fun to have that sense of discipline to it that, you know, in, in, in just four hours we had a beginning, middle and an end and we have finished really a campaign. And it was great in, in, it was, in an yeah. evening. And and it really um I, I don't know how you do it, but Two times in a row now, you have started off things with a slow burn. You've established the world, and then by the fourth episode, I don't like going like. There's no way that this is going to be like Shadowrun. And then, sure enough, last episode, it's the same gripping. It wasn't picture in picture because we were all together, but it's that same gripping. Like we didn't know if we were going to make it out alive. Like when we were walking into the last episode, Julian's telling me like, "I think we're all going to die." Yeah, you know, like we're we're trapped inside this ship. We're surrounded by these aliens. We have no way of getting to the hangar. No way of getting to the reactor. No ammo. No guys who are really brave enough to help us out. <laughs> what the fuck are we going to do? And then it was just sort of like, okay, the acids eating through the floor. So we'll just go that way. See where it goes. And it was really. We're just kind of trusting that we're our dice rolls are just gonna be just high enough that we won't dissolve. Yeah, I was, I was running through my head like every single point we could have made the wrong decision at that could have fucked us horribly. And I think we like, I mean, I'm sure some of it was. If you hadn't thought of creating a remote thermal detonator, yeah, you, you guys... know, how could we have? How could we have actually destroyed it without leaving someone behind? Yep. To 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 pull that trigger. Yeah. Right, like I was, I was ready to do that to Twix. He ended up going crazy, anyways. Well, yeah, he had to take well, shit. He, he, he kind of did something similar to that, but um, yeah. well, so he, you have to figure he lost all of his friends. Exactly. To this thing. Yeah, yeah. So now, Julian, what sort of what was? I your... was really trying to keep those stormtroopers alive with those dice rolls. <laughs> no, I know you were. They all die. What about you, Julian? I. This is probably one of the the tightest. Uh, RPing campaigns ever because as you said Justin there's no table talk there was everyone stayed in character for most of the time yeah and uh, it just kept going which is great like it kept moving forward always at a great pace um, it gave us a lot of opportunity to improvise while still maintaining constrained within mm -hmm. what the narrative that you wanted to set out Mike and I think like incredibly impressed with the depth of the world that you created because I mean you know the source material is, is huge but it's just so much to work from and it's felt like every, there was an answer to everything which and you great. still kept the world small like when you do Star Wars it's really easy to make this thing huge big mm -hmm. epic make it like Gladiator or Ben-Hur make yeah. it huge <laughs> make it like where, where it's really going to change the course of everything this wasn't this was some black ops mission out in the edge of space, you know, way out in the outer rim. The rebels don't all know about it. The Empire doesn't all know about it. I mean, as much as there was a, a high body count, certainly in that opening battle that, yeah. you know, was so wicked, it was still very much a small microscopic view of, of, of the Galactic Civil War. You didn't tell a big story. You told a very big story in a small part yeah. of the of, of the galaxy because what i wanted to do is i wanted to turn the battle of hoth in reverse you guys started you guys kicked the shit out of the empire and then by the end neither kicks your ass yeah because th this well, was a victory in a way in, in, way, if, way. in a way if you think about it it was technically the empire and the uh, and the rebels sort of fighting together to get out alive yeah because it's all the, survival at that point exactly like oh, it yeah. doesn't matter what religions you have at oh, yeah. any point and I mean, I, I don't know if it was ever explicit, but I really got the feeling of that 501st clone trooper, um, I mean, recognized the fact that I was an ex-recruit of my own who'd yep. gone mercenary. I mean, the Empire doesn't forget crap like that. You know, my name would have been well known. And I'm wearing 
old stormtrooper armor, right? You know, like, which in itself is a death penalty. So there was this moment where it's like a bit of a staring contest. It's like, mm-hmm. we're going to have to put these troubles aside and deal with this tomorrow because right now, if we decide to deal with this, we're going to we're die. both going to die. Yeah, and that's what I wanted to portray in TK2600, the fact that, you know what, he may have a problem with you, but that doesn't matter when there's something breathing down your neck that's going to kill you. Yeah, again, it's all, yeah, it's survival. A lesser of two evils, right? Yeah, exactly. And I wanted to create this atmosphere of fear. Like, I wanted to create the emptiness of the ship, the fact that there were no bodies. Mm-hmm. There was only the after signs of battle. Can I point out that I like the fact that uh, I was playing a droid, coincidentally, in a Aliens crossover. The, I was the only, you know, android up yep. here. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's right. And I also fucked you. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so, now explain that. Do you that. want to tell us your backstory that you had decided? Like, yeah, yeah. who are you working for? So I'll actually read out. I, I liked the way I worded this. So I'll actually read out the uh, the backstory of my character because, um, you know, I, I didn't really touch on it. So A, A, A92, I was trying to come up with a way to play an assassin droid that made sense without ripping off IG-88 because he was the only really well-known assassin droid in the 456 era. Next, of course, C-3PO. Yes, C-3PO <laughs> is, a, is a deadly marksman. Um, so I looked up, you know, tried to rack the, the Star Wars um, canon for as cool assassin droids, and it turns out that there were these droids that were used in the Clone Wars called the A-Series. Um, and uh, I'll actually just read what I wrote here. That A92 was created alongside the other assassination droids that comprised Pollock's Poi's personal bat- bodyguard as part of a deal with the Shell Huts to eliminate the Gajali Kajidic back in 4000 BBY. Smaller and nimbler than the rest of its series, A92 was designed to act as an infiltration unit to prepare the way for full scale assaults by much larger, more heavily armed droids. Rendered aimless after the death of Poi during the Great Sith War, the droids migrated to the Great Enclave to operate as assassins. There they remained until in 21 BBY, Count Dooku purchased the droids, now in disrepair for use in the upcoming war. While the rest of the A-series droids were deployed routinely throughout the Clone Wars, A-92's diminished stature and infiltration programming were deemed useless to the war effort, and uh, A-92 was left deactivated to gather dust in the holds of a high-security CIS warehouse until the rise of the Galactic Empire, when it, along with the entire facility, was shipped to Coruscant for inventory taking. As part of due diligence, A-92 was activated for functional inspection. Shortly after reactivation, he got triggered into a defensive state and murdered everybody. And As then, you uh, do. And yeah. then escaped to the lower levels of Coruscant, where he was operating as a mercenary for the crime lords down there. So the backstory here, I was trying to figure out why I would be in a rebel group with all these you know, people who are m- sort of mercenaries, but generally fighting for the side of not evil. Um, you know, what I'm doing deals with, with crime lords and stuff. So my feeling was that either I was a plant or a mole or someone working for a third party trying to gain information to gain the upper hand. And I was always operating with that in mind. I wasn't sure what I was going to do with it or if I was going to act on it. But once we got to the uh, the station, before we even figured out what it was, I was trying to concoct a plan of how I could separate the party and separate myself from um, Jano. Uh, because I was going to um, blow Betray his, him? I was going to blow his brains out, and uh, and then tell you guys like, oh shit, they got Janos, and then I was going to like try and pull people apart one by one until I'd gotten enough information and samples, and then gotten the fuck out of there. And then when he stayed behind the ship, I thought it was perfect. I could go do my thing and get back to the ship, but then it was another thing after another. So I set the uh, the the bomb, hoping you know the thermal detonator, hoping that I would find a way to get away from you guys and then destroy the whole like fucking thing. Like going through the hull and walking doing an EV. Yeah, yeah, which I probably would have followed you, and you would have killed me. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to do. And then I was going to so take it uh, at every stage. I was trying to find ways in which I could betray everybody, and uh, it almost worked. It almost worked. Hate so. you, Julian. Hate you. <laughs> 
<laughs> and then, and then so you much. saw your TIE fighter and you saw your way out. Well, and, 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 and yet, despite all that, we still managed to escape. And I didn't yeah. want to go back. I didn't want to go back to the ship either because I knew that there were xenomorphs on board, yeah. right? So because well, was... see, here's the thing: that's like to, to, by you escaping and that we got to escape. We we, we know that you betrayed yeah. us, yeah. but to the to the but, actual group. You just wait. You just kind of took sure. off. And you know what? Your motivation was there. But that last scene where you get ahead of the group and you get to the TIE fighter and Steve and I end up being stuck behind, have to free ourselves from those units and make a run to the hangar. Mm-hmm. That's luck. Yeah. You could not have planned for that. You just saw an opportunity and took it. And yep. we were just sort of by sheer luck and a little bit of <laughs> skill and good dice rolls, managed to make it to the shuttle, fight mm-hmm. off the queen, and escape as the ship was imploding. Yeah, Erica might have made it, but you well, guys Erica were might destined. have died in that ship, and Steve's the only one who could pilot, and he was the last one in. So we wouldn't have been able to get that thing yeah. up and ready. We would have died in the explosion. Uh, it was just it was a series of... of crazy events that all just sort of work together except for Craster who is the easily the most useless character I have ever played <laughs> until, well, until the very end when I was able to start commanding those stormtroopers it's like yeah. oh here we go this is what he is well here's the thing I mean it seems to be kind of a pattern with, with twat at least that there is always going to be one character that is sort of captain Cat ineffectual I yeah. lost count of the number of straight ones I rolled oh, and I was yeah. Like, yeah. Like, there was a three lot three D's that have one 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 yeah. okay? comparatively I was only attacked once this entire campaign that's true yeah. Well, because I was thinking, like, okay, when we played Marvel, I was Captain America was completely ineffectual throughout the entire time. Shadowrun, I was a. Tr- uh, it was so I, good to- You were a powerhouse in the last episode of Shadowrun. Oh, totally. Run. Like, in the last episode. But that's the thing. It's like all throughout the entire. Like,. Throughout the entire campaign, you become ineffectual, but then at the last minute, when you re- when the ca- when it really counts, that's when we get to really kind of stand up and 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 go uh, go through and do well. It took me a bit. I mean, I I mean, I mean, the truth is, I don't. I I like Star Wars, but I I don't know the mythos as well to create. And I was and I was mm-hmm. certainly playing a character type, which is just the soldier damage dealing guy. is is not a character type I usually go to. I I tend to go with the more fringe support role characters anyways um <laughs> like the wheel man in yeah, shadow run yeah. yeah. uh, but this was i was i was trying to play a very different character type so it was there was a difficulty curve when the when the game began and uh thankfully we had all those soldiers and and you were happy enough to let me do some rolling and, and command them and and you guys let me sort of point them around and, and do that and, and they saved our asses i mean e- if it weren't for that e-web yeah, oh, yeah. The, the e-web uh slowing them down at the very end uh <laughs> even just you know even twix uh, going in ahead of time and clearing the rooms for us and the elevator ride they uh they craster if i would play him again i know now he's He's not a frontline fighter. He's not a lone soldier or mercenary. He's actually a commander. And 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 that's really where his strengths ended up coming out was yeah. um telling other people and giving them the courage to to go forward and and and, and die for him. He and which himself. is really how everyone yeah. should uh, live their lives is yeah. dying for Craster. Now, <laughs> now Eric, I wanted to ask you I mean cuz it seems uh, it seems uh as if throughout the whole entire thing that uh, that your character didn't really have a huge m- amount to do. You were kind of 
sort of just there, there as part of the story. Um, were you, were you, like I know I keep asking you this at a game because I want to I want to have all like all the players to come into Twant at least have like obviously have fun but have yeah. something that they that they're able to uh, to accomplish within the story. Were you okay w- yeah, with that? Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm the same way as Justin in that I'm not as familiar with the mythos either. Okay. So I was trying to create more of a character that almost had that sense of naivete that I would have mm-hmm. playing myself, learning through the experience. And I think that by the end, I mean, I felt like I really kicked ass by the end. At yeah, first totally. I was like, well, I'm not really I'm not really sure. You know, I don't know where this is going to take me. Mm-hmm. But I really fell into the role when I started relishing the fact that this is a very new experience for both just me, myself, and Rivik as right. well. And well, I you didn't that. crash your swoop in the first episode. Yeah, well. <laughs> <laughs> and honestly, uh, uh, even though it didn't, I think, appear on the surface that you were playing an active role in the group, you were... I mean, you were critical. If we had lost mm. you, we would have all died. Yeah, yeah. we wouldn't have been able to get out. Like you, you were. Um, I mean, you you weren't as frontline as Julian's character, mm-hmm. who was kind of stealing the spotlight. But <laughs> but at the same time, misdirecting people. Mm-hmm. Um, if we had lost you or been cut off from you at any point, we would all have died. <laughs> and 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 that's. Thank you for living. Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah. I, I, I definitely would, I would have to agree that. Yeah, we would definitely mm-hmm. not be dead. And so, um, I mean, you did such a good job, almost crashing her ship in the first episode. Right? <laughs> I didn't. Oh, I didn't almost. Crash you got it. rid of the hyperdrive. We had to ditch that ship for the rest of the game. Uh, well, it, it, you're talking shit about my ship. Though. Yeah, <laughs> that ship was a piece of crap <laughs> held together by bailing. Yeah, wire Ghost and Rebellion duck. wasn't there for very long. It saved your ass several times. <laughs> might I point out? I don't think it did at all. I was in that turret room and it almost killed me. I jumped into the swoop and it almost killed me. I actually wasn't safe until I was on my own with a bunch of stormtroopers. There were several times where we shot stormtroopers that would have killed you. I'm just saying. But I no, mean, no, the stormtroopers were killed by a falling star destroyer. Yeah, Not yeah. you guys didn't do anything. <laughs> we did kind of mm-hmm. discard you. I mean, uh, and I, I know we say this like kind of a lot of the different a lot of this, a lot of times we do these debriefs for, for Twat. Um, I know we, we sort of touched on. I love when we can be able to do these little short sessions because yeah. I mean mm-hmm. as, as as much as I would love to be able to do a long like keep the same characters for months on months kind of campaigns um, there's just something about watch like watching a whole story unfold from beginning to end and you can still do a bit of our uh, role playing you can still build a game and it, it does that's that's I, I that's what I love about this show so much is that that I hope that you guys listening are enjoying it as much as uh, as much as we do playing it because it's something that you can be able to uh, like uh, within four episodes without even having to know anything about any of the RPGs that we're actually playing be able to know a full story or hear a full story from beginning to end and not have to worry about oh I'm, I'm jumping in about ten episodes later and they're playing the same characters they played ten episodes ago so I, I that's what I like about it yeah and I just hope that this I mean it's encouraged me it's I mean, the days of the long-form Dungeons & Dragons campaign are past for me. That yeah. I mean, is something I could do in college, something I could do in high school. Um, the friends that I played with, we still are in touch. We still do board games, but we can't meet. Right? I've tried to start up groups, like tried, and it works like a week or two, maybe three sessions, and then it falls apart. We're you all never... busy adults. We're, we're, we're busy yeah. adults. We have different schedules. We have different priorities. Things are changing. There's money. There's time. It's not practical anymore for me to 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 do those long form campaigns and 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 it took me a bit to kind of get over that and be like that's not that's probably never going to happen again but what this has done is i can still have the complete 
package campaign. I can still have a beginning and an end and have closure and play these games regularly, which is what I've been able to do. And it's not this is this is a Saturday afternoon for us. I know it's been a month to listen at home, but this is a Saturday afternoon. And if you're listening, this is not like a huge commitment. We can uh, we, we, we spend a lot of time preparing ahead of time before we record. But once we sit down, it's an afternoon. Yeah, let's give uh, let's give Birdman a absolutely. hand here for oh, all that totally. preparation. Yeah, like, yeah, you yeah. Yeah. But I mean, do this at home. You totally can. If 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 you're in the same position as me and you can't do long form role playing anymore because you've got a life, uh, you can still have a game day. And all you need is someone as dedicated as Mike who can weave together a really kick-ass story. Or if you don't have any friends, you can just listen to These Warriors Are ter- Terrible and roll dice along with yes. us. Like, oh, my God, that would be awesome. <laughs> yeah. you know the systems, um, yeah. If you... it, it, we were playing a game. Um, we didn't record it, but it was like a, a trial run uh, for uh, Dungeons & Dragons Delve, and a friend of ours tweeted in. Yeah, uh, and oh, and, oh, yeah. and I incorporated that into the game, and um, maybe uh, if there's enough demand, we might live stream parts of, of of this, put it on UStream, and then people can can tweet in as it's happening oh, and have God. them affect the world. And maybe have like ha- maybe have people who are like chatting in, into the into the stream uh, can be able to at, at any given point or a certain point, can be able to take over a certain NPC and uh, and just okay, oh, this person roll a d6. What is it? And then just wait for it. Like, just get the response. And like that will be kind of, you, they could basically be the Game Master's NPC army. I got a tangent idea. What, like, what about, I mean, that's that's amazing. What Have you guys ever considered doing like a, a charity stream for, for Child's Play or something like that where you just marathon for an entire weekend of a D&D session? I actually do that uh, every year. I call it Birdman Gives Back. But I do uh, video games. This past year, I did all three Mass Effect games in seventy-three hours. Nice. Well, yeah. Yeah. I don't recommend doing that. By what way. about <laughs> like this right yeah. here around the table, where we just like our know, asses would get you, sore? You, but... Yeah, but you prepare. <laughs> Like a couple of adventures, a couple of adventures. Maybe we don't get to them all, and maybe we get to them all too quickly, and you have to improvise the rest. Yeah, and and we just we just keep playing until the money runs out. Now exactly. here's a question: mm-hmm. How much of this game do you think was improvised? Uh, now I wanted to get in that because I mean uh, I certainly want to ask you because we've all been giving our, our our recollections and how we enjoyed our characters, how we enjoyed it. But I mean we've got to talk to the guy who wrote the story here. Um, I mean, wh- how do you do the pacing, Mike? Like I don't know how you pull it off. Just kind of happens. Times. I can't wait to play your next game. How, how, I how really much can't. of it was improvised? How much? About ninety five percent. Yeah, I have rough notes. I'm like, okay, I want wow. this to happen. This to happen. Really. <laughs> And I'm like, okay, here's the set piece I want to have happen. How are they going to get there? So what did you want to have? Like, like, with Shadowrun, you did the same thing. You told us the original story went way beyond the factory. Yeah. And we never made it out of the factory. So what was the original story for this Basically, campaign? You're, you, what you guys were going to do, you were going to crash the Star Destroyer into the sun to destroy all the weapons data. But the wow. fact that Julian set the thermal down, I was like, all right, I can use that. And you guys are going to have a much longer drawn-out fight with the Queen. Like, I wanted you to rush her with the ATPTs and start booting the shit out of her. Like, I wanted this huge epic Ro- showdown. Robot curb stomp. Yeah, like, I wanted her you- to be throwing you guys around in the machines. You want us to use ATPTs as power loaders? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I wanted you guys to have this epic showdown or have... And you know what? We did have an epic showdown. Yeah, we kind of did. We did. Yeah. You know, it's like that, that chase scene in... Uh, 
in, in like Super Meat Boy or when you've played, uh, if any played Castle Crashers, right? You're being chased oh, by yeah, a giant yeah. cat. Yep. That's really basically what we were doing right there. Yeah, or the, the boulder scenes in it's Crash Bandicoot. Yeah. Or mm, even just the big yeah. boulder in Indiana Jones. It's like, ah, oh, we gotta go. The big boulder like grabbed the back of Steve <laughs> so and I and God, threw yeah. the wall and kept going past oh, us. I mean, the one part of the one that was vastly improvised was session one. Really? I knew I wanted the Battle of Hoth, but reversed. The swoop thing I made up right on the spot. They're going, that sounds cool. Um, just so you guys could have that cool aerial scene. Like, I pictured a ship coming in, detaching two bikes, and then just yeah. going back up like, into the uh, atmosphere. Like dropping the Mako in Mass Effect. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's exactly uh, what yeah, it was. Okay. Did you expect right. us to uh, to stay behind in the ship and pepper the planet with the fire? I was hoping you would, because originally I was going to have you guys fight a walker mm. that was controlled by the Imperials. But I'm thinking, no, nah, let's use the walker instead and just have the Imperials be on the defensive for a change. Yeah. Yeah. I was really uh, impressed by how quickly I crashed that swoop. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. <laughs> I just made a wrong turn and rolled it yeah, like very uh, well could have done. I, 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 I have beast riding as a skill. <laughs> pensioning, yes. But uh, trying to think of what else. That I'm I really so glad. I, I'm so glad we got someone to interrogate because I purposely picked torture as a skill, and I put to pick torture as a skill. You have to have five dice and intimidation. So I like I purposely bumped up, buffed up intimidation and, just so I could take torture. And this is now. And and you weren't here last time. This is two sessions in a row oh where there God. was a psychologically disturbing interrogation <laughs> yeah. scene. This is now becoming a tradition for and twat games. It seems to be that my character is present for both of them. <laughs> I don't know. Why? Game master, I get the psychos. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, okay. So, uh, um, I want to like ask you, Mike. So, like, was there anything that like hugely, like, drastically, because of us playing, uh, like, what that had hugely drastically, like, changed your thinking? It's I, like, yeah, just, okay. You know what? I just switched this what, whole. What story were the curveballs? What yeah, were the curveballs that we threw you? I was. Uh, I didn't expect you guys to um, go through the armory. Because I just kind of made that up on the spot. I thought you guys were thinking, fuck, it's going to be infected. Let's just keep moving. Um, yeah, but I, I had made the mistake when I created my character of not giving myself enough armaments. So <laughs> I was really happy for that armory. One of the curveballs yeah. I was going to throw you guys is I was going to have one of you guys get impregnated with a chest burster. <laughs> I, oh, I, I, knew I knew it. I knew it. I would have been, I, I mean, because these games are so short for us, I, I would have been content with a character death. And I would have put a bullet in your head. I, uh, or my head. I would have... No, no. I'm not having yeah. that happen yeah. to any of you. Especially... Mm -hmm. Well, no. The droid can die. Yeah. I, <laughs> without even actually knowing about the whole... Uh, the, that it was going to be sort of aliens. It was like... When I saw... When, when, it, it, the clue for me that I was like, okay, this is going to be bad. Is when you said that there was a, uh, a hole that was in one guy in the in the bridge. That he was... That he, he burst from the inside out. I was like... Mm -hmm. Oh shit! I need to like I need to seal myself yeah. up. I am not gonna get killed. I didn't care if it was yeah. a bug, a vir virogen, anything. Yeah. I just you don't went want to total be Howie Mandel. See, I was <laughs> totally <laughs> afraid. I I was like telegraphing it too much. I was really no. afraid you guys knew right away. And certainly, maybe there are uh, listeners who 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 saw where it was going, but we were so wrapped up in our own characters, our yes. own situation. Yeah. Like yes, like yes, I, yes. I mean, certainly for the two of us, it was. We were sitting here going like, "This is really creepy and wrong." Well, I expected what is I, wrong. I expected mutants or something crazy, but yeah. yeah. I mean, I didn't expect a crossover because well, that's. Well, I wasn't yeah. sure. Certainly, there was the the foreshadowing on the first the ammonia planet that you know they 
had these brain dead Wookiees and and some had higher life expectancy than others. I was going like, what are they doing? Are they are they trying to genetically modify force sensitive creatures? Yeah. Are they mm-hmm. are they trying to create like cyborgs? Like what are they? Are they grafting them to droids and trying to use like Wookiee brains like the Cybermen? Like what what's going on here? And I had all these like scenarios going through my mind. And actually, the last thing I was thinking was uh, right up until the alien showed up was was aliens like a straight out xenomorph. Yeah, because I think the curveball that you threw at us that made us not think of the aliens too quickly was the fact that it was all on like creature experimentation. It was all mutagen. It was all changing these the, these races that we know, whether it's Wookiees or whatever. It just it's really like in, into this sort of exper- uh, medical experiments. Like we've seen that before in sci-fi mm-hmm. movies, mm-hmm. but we haven't really. I mean, aliens to a certain degree, but it was always this sort of that was always kind of like this uh, different life form or different race altogether that was sort of that that uh, brought into the alien uh, franchise. But with this, it was like that was the curveball. It was the experimentation, and somehow that turned into an alien, an, an extra ra- alien race that we never seen before. Yeah, like originally, I was just going to have you guys fight a regular alien queen. Yeah, and then I was looking through the book with like a rancor alien queen. Oh man, that'd be pretty fucking cool. That would yeah, be, that'd cool. be really buff yeah. looking. Yeah, I, and I will say this actually: after playing all these little twats, because uh, I've been in uh, every single one of them um, that I'm happy with, uh, even the mini twats, I really want to. Ch- I want to try my hand at a uh, at being a game master. I've never done it before in my entire life, and I, I am so afraid to try it. But I really want to try it. Well, and give her hell, man. Yeah. You're, Steve, you're the storyteller. I that's make shit up as I go along. That's the thing. And that's <laughs> the, I am so worried. Like worried about it. So I want. I I, I want to try it. Probably not for next next show. But I really want to. Because uh, I, I have a I have a story in mind, uh, and I want to I, I want to play it. I I really do. So. So what do you think the trick is then uh, for Steve here if he's thinking? Because I mean I think Steve is worried that he's going to write so much detail into a story that he's going to have to chuck out the window instantly uh, and improvise it all again. And yeah. I, if you're saying that 90% of the game that we just played was improvised, I mean, what is important when you're putting the game together? Is it Think the story? Is it the world? It's is the it pacing. just is it the pacing? Is it knowing where all the paths go or just being prepared to just know your source material enough that you can pull things out of the ether? That's yeah. pretty much it. I mean, you have to be adaptable. You have to listen to your players. And during the game, I'm watching each yeah. one of your faces, so I know when you're bored. Because I, I know when I know I wouldn't thinking. be able to do a Star Wars RPG simply because I would end up blanking on like, fuck, what happens next? I don't know. I don't know enough about the material. I mean, mm. um, I mean, like when I do these games, I mean, Steve, you've been friends with me for like six, seven years now. Yeah, you've seen me fast talk people. Yeah. This is what this is basically fast talking for fun. Well, that's one thing I am worried about because I mean I don't have a huge uh, improv skill, but I mean I I can think on my feet to a certain degree, and that's one thing that I am worried about. I can I can come up with a story and I can come up with a, a whole like beginning, middle, and end to it, but it's really just the thinking on my feet, and because I made because I don't know a system that well enough. Well, to try some it. advice but, but that you, I got. You do though. You you're improvising with your character right here. You've done this twice now with your dwarf and with with mm-hmm. this that I've played you, and and you've done the both very well. You played your bounty hunter to a T. You played him. You didn't break that character. He all his motivations worked. And the same thing with uh, your mage dwarf and Shadowrun. You're you are improvising. You are thinking on your feet. You're just thinking on your feet for one character. The only difference is you're thinking on the feet of the world, not on an individual character. But it's just the the world is a character. The it, story is a character. And if you build a skeleton, like I found that you know when I game master, if you build a skeleton that's just kind of 
you know, th- touches on the points that you want to hit through the campaign. Like, you keep those in mind. Right. And you keep and in mind... Like, like, for example, you know, if, I, if I was game mastering this, and I think this is what Mike did too, I just made sure, I would make sure I know that Star Destroyer inside and fucking out, because that is the setting, right? Like, yeah. when a player says, okay, where, where am I going? I mean, some of it's making it up, but you got to make sure it's consistent. But beyond that, I mean, he could have, we could have not even gone to the Leviathan, right? We could have been like, no, let's just... Check out something else. Fuck that. Yeah, like, I would have mm-hmm. just put the Leviathan on a different planet or something. Yeah. Like, I like I was ready for you guys to throw me a curveball or something, and they're not going to go to the Star Destroyer. Okay, here's plan number two. Hmm. Um, sure, or we might not go to the research lab. We'll go to the barrier. We might not go to that. We'll go to the bridge. We might not go to the bridge. We might go straight See, to the reactor and just fight f- the Queen White Array. There was one fight you guys missed because you cut through the floor. I was expecting you guys to go through... The fresh water tank. Yeah, you yeah. kept trying to lead I, us there. I'm I like, heard yeah. it twice, and I was like, no, no. Yeah, and I was picking up on that, and as soon as I was like, oh, well, we're heading down anyways. The hangar's down, the reactor core's down, and, and this acid's eaten through hull. So, Twix, go! And yeah. we just started, we, we, we did that, I think, two or three times where we just went down instead of across. Yeah, and, and I was really happy, because like, the one fight I wanted to have is I want, because no one ever what? takes swim. What was yeah, the... Yeah, no one uh, ever takes swim. Especially in Star Wars. No one ever swims in Star Wars. So that's what I was saying. I was going to have you guys attacked underwater because you guys are in your suits. You're going to be so heavy, you're going to be sinking to the bottom anyhow. Uh, so that was going to be the plan. Asshole. So what was going to be waiting for us in the water? Just more Xenomorphs? More Xenomorphs. <laughs> so and gonna be your Stormtroopers were going to be picked off. Uh, that was the idea. Like, they were going to drown in their Poor suits. Tom. But yeah, Poor I mean... Tom. The, the like, brain plucked out. Like I said, originally the ship was going to crash into a sun and be melted that way to destroy all the research data. But now I've got a story hook. He's got the research data. Yep. Yeah. So if you guys ever want to pick this up I want to continue this because I you love know my what? character. And you know what? I really think um, the data you have that you're trying to go now sell is way too dangerous for you yep. and 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 the people who everyone's gonna try and hunting me now yeah, right they're not the people your your buyer for that information is not gonna want to touch it like i don't think There's these crime be, syndicates yeah. on Coruscant are going to be like holy shit imperial bioweapon of this magnitude like they wouldn't have touched the death star plans yep. with a 10-foot pole and now you've got something that makes the death star look like a fucking bb gun yep so <laughs> you know you you have just become the most dangerous droid in the galaxy and there's going to be people who want this weapon people who want to destroy this weapon and and we're the only three who know you and you're the only three that, that know, know it, it exists other than yeah. like oh, Janice and actually, or, or and, and actually might not shoot you on sight Intentionally, yeah. Because you guys, yeah. you, a, you guys don't know. You don't know that uh, that I betrayed you entirely. And yeah. B, well, well, uh, you don't know you whether he left was under command. And you and you you blew up the ship before we could leave. That uh, mm, we're not I in don't good think terms. So. And then you didn't yeah. respond on the comm channel. I did. I told you, you about said, uh, you Jano. gave us you gave us how to save his life, and then. Never and then drifted off at sublight speed somewhere well, else. It, here's my thinking: it's that we, we, if we see you again, we're not going to automatically like shoot first. Yeah, we're going to aim. But we're going to we're going to have our whole, we're going to have our blasters at the ready uh-huh. and be like, okay, what the fuck? Just explain yourself. Otherwise, you're going to get a bullet through the head. Yep. Uh, or a blaster, th- whatever. Anyway, but. Yeah. Uh, I mean, overall, I'm really glad you guys had fun. I'm, I'm glad I was able to blend the universes because I was really worried it wasn't going to feel like Star Wars. That's what I was most afraid of. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the thing I'm afraid of, too. Like, basically, like, when I'm going to be game, uh, GMing is 
is it going to feel like it's the world that it, that it's supposed to live in? And it, like, and the pacing, because I uh, I could plan so much, but if we can only get to one certain section within the first hour, it's like, oh crap! Now I need to sort of make up as I go along, and I'm I'm worried that it may not that, that it may not go over well. Well, one of the things well, that I've learned uh-huh. from a, a very good game master friend of mine, Noah, aka Spoonie, start with a published module. There's a book for D and D. It's called Classic Dungeon Crawls. So basically, kind of take our dungeon delves. Yeah, yeah. dungeon delves do that, or, or even I've. I mean, I've picked up modules for. Um, there was one I did for its fourth edition, uh, the Keep on the Shadowfell, and then that led, and then and then that hooked into the next module, which is the um, the Thunderspire Labyrinth, and then that hooked into the next one, which was about a pyramid or something. I never played it, and but I mean, I've got modules for Dark Sun campaign because I don't know Dark Sun as well, so I just use the camp, I use the module as a guide, and I still improvise from that and and work with it. But if I ever get lost, I can always just go back and refer to um, that guide. And and I um, DM'd a game in the Thunderspire Labyrinth Fourth Edition, which was like their launch module that they did when 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 Fourth Edition came out, and the village, the town hub that you work from is like this subterranean town and it was peppered with all these great characters but they were purposely left gray like one of the great things with the good modules is they do leave enough fuzzy areas that you have to fill in, they they don't fill in all the details of the map so they leave room for you to add stuff to yourself but I mean I don't know. Don't don't worry so much about your players ruining the world. Uh, we One want thing, to join your world. We want to be there. We yeah. were all working with Mike to reinforce yeah, Star Wars. We could have fucked off. Now, we could have been we, horrible we, we players. We kind of were mm-hmm. fucking around and being horrible. Like we weren't being good force characters. We were we were doing some pretty dark things. Yeah, but I, um, you know, I'm not a force sure. character, nor and, am and, I a and, human. And, and you know what? And, no, and none of us were actually, I think, rebels. No. <laughs> we, no. We, we no. were all very much in it for our own uh, for our own reasons, and, and the rebels were a means to an end to, in, in my case, keep me safe, and in the rest, to keep you jobs. Yeah. And, there, was always, there was always some yeah. money to be made with the rebels. But, like, you know, when I play your game, Steve, I will be working with you to reinforce okay. your world and to exploit it as a player, certainly, yeah. and throw you curveballs and, and test your limits as a storyteller but i'm not going to try and break your world and 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 be like you know what i don't want to do this i want to i don't want to do a dungeon crawl i want to do a noir investigation murder mystery so i'm i've I've had players who've done that where you know this is the mission hey guys i'll be right back i really gotta pee i'm sorry (laughs) i've done missions where you know we're, we're going somewhere and instead of reinforcing the world they decide you know what I'm gonna like overthrow the mayor and take over the town and create an entirely new game yeah. and and it's like you, you the players on in, on this show um, aren't don't want to do that we want to know what kind of story you have and and we want to kick your story's ass yeah I hate power players I mean like it, it's a, such a pet peeve of mine and that you're you're, you're someone's DMing or, or GMing whatever the hell you want to call it mm-hmm. they've come up with something that they want you to share with them if you don't want to play in their if you don't want to play in their world then don't fucking play, in play their the world. game just, exactly. just make up your own world then if you're going to act like that and want to okay. set your own rules right? yeah so we've, I mean you have no trouble with us we'll play no. along and we'll have <laughs> okay, fun good. All right. we won't I, be jerks <laughs> <laughs> but if you do have player power uh, power players it's important to call them out on that and, yeah. And, yeah, and, and even absolutely. like between sessions that's like you know what? You're 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 doing tug of war with me. I need you to work with the world. And if you don't yeah. want to work with the team, then you're going to have to leave the quest, and we'll play yeah. something else. But um, you know, I've I've that's what I had to do with this one player who wanted to wrestle control of the town and do that. 
is I was like, fine, you've been cut off from the party, so we're going to do your story as a set of off-screen dice rolls, and we're going to play this quest over here. You aren't going to be part of the game until you're done with all this. We're going to have to go through all these dice rolls, and we'll come back to you every 10 minutes. We'll just roll another dice and see how you progress. We're not actually going to play that anymore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and so the team left and went back to the dungeon and, and continued on with the quest to stop the the fucking world from ending and and then he ended up becoming mayor and being usurped and running off into a, I was doing a bunch of random dice rolls and be like okay well now you're you're running through a forest and you just got attacked by the bees uh, wolves and more bees and and then that was it and so they came across him he's got like his foot in a beehive and he's like ah you should never have left your group this isn't working out yeah. for me and you you you've got to wrestle them back down but. If if they're not going to play in your world, then just cut them out. Okay. You know, don't play their game. It, 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 the good player will want to reinforce the world you want to play in, and and most players you'll play with want that. They okay. they're, they're playing yeah. Star Wars role playing game for a reason. They're playing Shadowrun yeah. for a reason. I wanted to learn more about Star Wars. And the easiest way to learn more about Star Wars is hang out with Star Wars fans and play a Star Wars game. You know? Hey, is okay. ever, totally random. Has anyone ever thought of doing a uh, Dark Sun Stargate crossover? Has that been done? Because that would just so make sense. Probably somewhere I, haven't, out there. I haven't heard anything, but that would be pretty fun to do. Because Dark Sun is basically Magic Stargate. Right. It's, or so, Magic Mad Max. Yeah. So um, here's another sort of uh, DM question then. So can you take... A uh, basically a, a, a module, and can and can you be able to sort of modify it on your own, like add scenes here and there yeah. that doesn't exist within this module? Yeah, oh, yeah, really? Because your players are bound to do something you don't expect. Okay, everything in a module is written in pencil. I mean, you buy that module and you have a look at it, and and they're all suggestions. They're just there to help you craft a story. You can follow it by the letter. Uh, some of them will give you dialogue that you can read to the players, or things that people will say when they ask the right question. You don't have to read those. You can make up your own dialogue. You can come up with your own descriptions. You can come yeah. up with your own room. You don't like that character, you can rewrite that character. I had so many characters in Thunderspire that I made more colorful and I made them interesting and they ended up becoming focus points and 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 and, and like actual hinges on the story that were never intended in 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 the original module. But I mean, you take that and you use that as your muse, you know, as your blueprint, the skeleton that that Julian was talking about so that you if you get lost, you have a map to go back to, but it's your story. You can do whatever you yeah. want. Hmm. Okay. I think I, I think I may uh, need to try this and uh, soon. Well, <laughs> one of the things, Steve, I really recommend. I was saying before I had to go pee. Go on YouTube, look up Noah Antwiler's Counter Monkey. Yeah. And he has three episodes called "How to DM a Great Game," "How to Start into Role Playing." And the Bardic Knox spell. Okay. Watch those episodes. It'll give you an idea on how to create a campaign and how to carry one forward. In fact, just watch everything he does on Counter Monkey because there's stories of role playing do's and don'ts, things he's done, and you know what not to do sometimes. Sometimes they're just en- entertaining damn stories. And that's how I've gotten back into RPGing is just watching this type of shit and just being adaptable okay. to yeah. make stuff yeah. up as I go along. Okay. All right. Because uh, I that, that, I mean, one of the, the goals I wanted to make with Twilight was that I would become – I want, I would love to – I mean, as a side thing, I've always kind of had this in the back of my head even when I first started playing RPGs is when I – or at least when I first heard about modules is I would love to be able to write, write, one. write one and – 
whether whether it's an like a brand new RPG that's never existed before, or if it's a, an existing one um, that I could either sell or be a, like be a part uh, has set up like with four twat specifically. Yeah. So I, I that's I I, I this was uh, like I wanted to get back into playing again because I hadn't played in so long. I, I'm still real, uh, relatively new to this, even though I've sort I kind of get now the a, a mile beyond the basics of uh, of D and D or at least of role playing, and now I'm kind of into the, the intermediate. So I'm what getting into it at the advanced level, so I'm I'm looking forward to expanding myself as a player. Oh, but you're already more advanced than most of the players yeah. I've okay. played with. Oh, let's let's just good want then. to tell you that. And and you, you know, if you want to write a module, buy a module and, and DM from a module. Uh, you know, it's the same like you know, can you make music if you've never listened to music? Can you write a book if you've never yeah. read a book? Maybe, but it's certainly going to be a lot easier if you're well read. To then go and write a novel, um, and the same way, you know, if you if you want to write a module for a game, brilliant, go buy some modules. And I mean, ninety percent of the games I've dungeon mastered have been from a module, and then yeah. I improvise the details. But mm-hmm. the the core of, of the gameplay is, is is decided by the module in terms of who the big bad is going to be and the major quest and, and waypoints they have to reach. Okay. And and if they end up fucking it all up, then I'll improvise. But it's a lot easier to improvise if you've got a, a, a module that's already written for and you. The other thing you can do, too, I mean, you know, you're, you are a writer and you are a kind of adept at crafting stories. So mm-hmm. the other thing you can do is you can write uh, a, a setting and a, and a place and, you know, and then just to work with one of us or another friend to assign a rule set to it that makes sense. Okay. Um, and then work from there. But it's a lot more work, right? Because you're you're building everything as opposed to building off of skeletons. But right. it might, you know, say you want to do something really weird, like a, um, you know, out of time, um, things happen in in different orders, like you know, asynchronous orders. Yeah. And like you're playing with, you know, you could be doing crazy things like that. Like a yeah, because I, I mean, the, I, games the and, idea I have, I mean, the original story idea, at least for my thinking of DM, uh, DMing, was in the Star Trek universe because I I love that universe and I would love to be able to do it a, a twat on that. Um, but my thinking is after like, kind of looking through because I just got to look at the uh, the next generation RPG book today in my just from even mike telling me it's very it's very intense and complex and i kind of want to start off like i want to still do that story but i don't think i could be able to do it in that complex of a system i want to do something like say like a d20 simple that it's just i i can easily get into it i can i can craft these different story elements but using other systems that are simpler for other people to get into and for myself to DM it. Like, is that sort of the way to maybe go about it? Sure. Like, yeah. I mean, you could probably even take what we just did with Star Wars and adapt that to a Star Trek world and just, you have to work much more closely with the, the players when they're making their characters. They're not going to be able to do them on your own, on their own, because they're not going to have any books to, to work off of. I mean, in the same way, like, you would have a module, we need the rule books to look at yeah. the equipment and the skills and stuff. Although you could but, totally apply this exact yeah. D6 system to Star Trek. D6 oh, is so flexible. You can actually okay. apply this to anything you want. I actually want. have to say, I like this this version of D6. Probably one of the best I've ever because, played. Yeah, and they're in D six is now under the open game license. Yes, yes it is. It really? And you know yeah. what? There well, might Steve, already be a Star do, Trek D six out there. You might not have to. Search when I for wanted it. to okay. make your Black Shadow RPG, this is the this was the skeleton. this is the system. Yeah. You just have I, to learn. I, it's so I like, easy. like, I mean, I love using the D twenty system because that is that is a fun like. D twenty, I, I find, is overly complicated for no it reason. It is complicated, yeah, but uh, but I do like I do like the but this playing D sixes, it was so much easier for me to be able to grasp. It's like okay, you know what? No matter how many die you have, you always have to have one wild die, and it's just it's simple. If you roll one, it's terrible things gonna happen. You roll six, keep rolling until you get more. Now, one of the house rolls I used to play with when I was a kid is every time you get a six, roll it again. 
Yeah. I could have done that for you guys. I'm on any six. Not just on oh, the Wild. Oh, on any six. Yeah. Oh, not just say, in the Wild. I'm going to okay. make this game a little bit more lethal. Okay, well, you know what? That's that how, and the, the dice generator on my iPhone for Shadowrun is exactly how they ran that. Yeah. Um, by default. And it was yeah. sort of, you know, maybe that's not a house rule. Maybe that's how a lot of people play it. Yeah. I mean, I'm if really, that's how you play it, send us a tweet. I mean, um,. Okay, well, I'm really glad though you guys got a chance to really experience different rules, and that's something what I like about Twat too. Yeah. Now I have to break out of my 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 comfort zone and try different styles. I'm probably gonna try riffs. Okay. I might. Do I like riffs. to try. I like to try GURPS at some point because yeah. I never played a GURPS. Yeah, and I've got so many different rule yeah. sets for that. Yeah. Well, and GURPS is GURPS is interesting as well because they have tech levels, so you can set GURPS in different eras with different technologies. So you have like super future, prehistoric, and you past, can add powers and you can into have, it if you want and you can or high transfer tech, between them. So you can have someone like a like a cable come in from yeah. the future mm-hmm. and and okay. bring with him all that knowledge and skills into a present day setting, and so he'd be like tech level six. Guys, let's play battle. Let's have three. a battle tech RP. Let's play, bring out the battle. Tech. Yeah. <laughs> okay, uh, you know what? Let Let's then then let's do this. I, I, I'm I think, playing Ghost Bear, baby. I think yeah. you know I love what. That shit. Uh, I'm going to say this right now. I think uh, with the people that that live in Toronto, because we're we're sort of con- like considering as far as the future of Twat. I kind of want to say. It. I mean, we can we talked a little bit about it. We want to expand out and and uh, yeah, you guys haven't heard it yet, but we do have sort of a Toronto Twat crew. And we want to be able to maybe the expand out the emergency twat systems. You haven't heard those yet, but they are coming just in case if you know if we need an extra week here and there, you'll hear these mini twats or the emergency broadcast twat system. Uh, and there's just the little dungeon delves that we just that uh, the Toronto tr- uh, crew will play. So uh, and Julian is a part of that. Justin's a part of that. So uh, and now Erica is a part of that. Um, so we, I, I want to be maybe uh, I want to expand it out so that you're going to get more twats. Maybe instead of just once a week, we might move to two. We don't know. We're still not 100 percent sure because we really want to expand this out. But we well, want to hear from you too, uh, as the audience. I mean, we don't get, get a huge amount of feedback, but we want like uh, we want to hear from see, you. I mostly get feedback via my personal Facebook. Right. So yeah, you. I mean, I, I do get a little bit. Of, uh, if you really if if you want to be involved or if you want to kind of give your opinions as what you would love to hear, not just an RPG. Systems, but love to hear a, a twat sort of d- a different direction to take, whether it be a charity live stream um, or just a live stream in general or whichever. If you want to get involved, uh, feedback at thisweekingeek.net. Um, put somewhere in the in the subject line twat, uh, and we'll and we'll read it, and we'll cons- definitely we'll we're going to look at all the suggestions for this. And I think part of it, I mean, as the outsider, it's uh, any good gaming group I've ever been a part of ends up getting big because more people want to be involved in it and I was so happy to be involved invited to play in Shadowrun uh, but that was a really big group mm-hmm. and uh, and I don't want to break up that group you got great chemistry and everything and uh, it was I, I was listening to it and it sounds a lot of fun it was really intense but it was also really noisy and there was a lot of voices overlapping each other it was kind of if I didn't know the people from their faces I, I probably would have felt a little lost um, the the Benefit, I think, of of Steve's idea of, of doing a, a, a Toronto mini twat crew, and, a toe twat, a toe twat, toe twat, <laughs> toe twat, camel twat, that's yeah. all. <laughs> toe twat, and uh, doing those is um, we can still have the quality of gameplay that 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 twat has really figured out how to do. Like it's a, such a good format, um, but also still keep the players to uh, four. Yeah. <laughs> which, yeah. Is, yeah. which is a really sweet, you know, yeah, yeah, I, I, think, I think four Toronto twat would be established and then monthly twat is whoever we can get. Exactly. I think four core people in a, in a session plus a DM is, it, it seems to work well. I mean, uh, I, I assume with everybody here, you, it, it was worked okay. It yeah, yeah, it was great. Yeah. Four, four part party. The pacing was great because yeah. it, it didn't drag on. Right. It didn't get distracting or anything either. But I meant to ask 
ask you, Mike, uh, I mean, you last campaigned as, as, as the DM for Shadowrun, and how many? We had six players? Yeah. And, and, and then you just did a, a very similar pacing with a similar finale and intensity, but with only four players. I mean, what do you, like, as a, what, what did you prefer? Was it uh, too much to control for Shadowrun? Was yeah, it kind it, of fun? It, it, was, it was a little too much because I felt like some of them didn't have nearly enough to do. With this, this is perfect. If I can do four, that's perfect. Yeah. Because I know exactly where I'm going and what I'm going to do. Yeah, and you okay. can you can give a little bit more attention to each individual player. Yeah, exactly. Player. Like, I was like, like I felt everybody had their moment to shine tonight. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's what I was trying to do with it. So good. All right. So next month you'll hear Big Mike back in the chair. Yes, we're gonna, I think we're doing Pendragon. Is yeah, the next Pendragon. one. Yeah, Pendragon. So okay. it's like Arthurian good. legend. Then after yeah. that, I don't know. I mean, uh, who knows? Should... Maybe I'll be DMing. Yeah, I don't it could know. Be Steve by that time. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, so it could be. Battletech, Vampire, Mage, Rift, Ninja Turtles, Paranoia. Paranoia? Oh, yeah, there is that, too. Yeah, yeah, All right. Your message from your friendly computer. All right. <laughs> so on that note, guys, my wife is waiting for me downstairs, <laughs> so I got to go. So for This Week in Geeks, this these worries are terrible, brought to you by uh, NobleKnight.com and OffWorldDesigns.com and many of our other sponsors. We have been... Justin, Mr. Ecock. Steve Snowball Sailor. Erica Sabo. Jawa Julian. And I've been Mike the Birdman Dodd saying, may you always roll a natural 20. Nice. You have just listened to This Week in Geeks. These warriors are terrible. Did our terrible warriors succeed in saving the day? Did someone do something completely insane and stun the GM into a stupefied silence? And lastly, did someone get punched square in the goodie bags? Also, are there any settings or RPG systems you'd like the Terrible Warriors to visit? Do you have your own shameful, awesome, or just plain silly RPG adventures? Tell us with a comment on this episode post, or email us at feedback at thisweekingeek.net. Until next time, geeks and gamers, the dice has been put away, the books back on the shelf, and the Cheetos stuck to the floor. For these warriors are terrible!